What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. We are just, at the time of recording this, eight days away from paradise, finally from getting out of this offseason, this short offseason filled with more rhetoric and discussion than I think we've ever had. And that's saying something in the last five years. I was talking to, uh, I was at an event the other night at Bank of America Stadium, and I was talking to one of the employees for the Panthers, and I was one of the communication guys, and I was like, Boy, this has just been a rough five years for this team. He was like, it has been nonstop work for the last five to six years. Every weekend, every afternoon has just been spent on whatever ridiculous move this team has made. Man, well, hopefully, hopefully by the end of April, all of those moves would have would have made sense at some point. It'll all be worth it. And we get the guy that we want, get the guy that we need, and hopefully get the guy that can lead us in the right direction as a franchise. I'm just ready for the chatter to be over. I'm ready for us to move forward. I'm ready to get the ball rolling for spring training and and, and let's move on into the season. I know. I'm ready for it all to be done. It's like like a movie franchise. We've been waiting for five years for all these little moves to pay off that we've been seeing year in and year out for the last few off seasons. And now it all culminates to this position that we're in. And there's so much to talk about when it comes to, but there's also literally very little to talk about. And people keep picking at, you know, grasping at whatever straw possible to try to deduce what is going to happen. And I'm just ready to see it happen at this point. They had their press conference. I was at their press conference and whether it was by, you know, just, the media's fault or their fault, very little was said about C.J. Stroud. That was one of the biggest things I took away from it is that just very little was mentioned about him at all. I don't think there was a single question that even focused on him. It was all it was all Bryce Young the whole way. Yeah, I mean, at this point, starting to become no surprise. We've kind of felt it change over the last few weeks. Even seeing Frank Wright even – come out and be against what the narrative is about him as far as quarterbacks he likes to work with and say, you know, in saying that he only likes to work with bigger quarterbacks. Um, then hearing how Scott, they kind of got a little defensive about Bryce and his size when those questions started to get asked. Again, I, we've seen the narrative start to start to turn. We've seen little bits and pieces be put out there about CJ Stroud and why he may not be in that top two. Um, even seeing that Houston may 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 go another way as well if if if, if it's not C.J. Stroud. Um, I, again, no surprises here. That's kind of what the narrative has been going the last few weeks. So again, they just kind of they just kind of put a stamp on what we've already been hearing for the, for the past month. Yeah, I mean, since we since we traded up, I mean, it, those were the two guys that we were all touting. I didn't see a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, no matter how much. He did show out at his combine, at the combine and at his pro day. You know, really and truthfully, these were the top two guys. And in the last, I think to your point, Shantice, the last three weeks has really been narrowed down to Bryce and, you know, his intelligence. I think that was one of the main things I took away from all of the podcasts and all of the things that I've been reading up on is just the fact, no matter his size, right? You take the size away when you get into the intelligence part of being able to to get on the field and make those quick decisions, get the ball out fast, accurate throws, being able to make those audibles and make those reads. Everybody touted Bryce Young as head, head and shoulders above any other prospect that we were trying to be touted against or being aligned to. So for me, I think we said it about two weeks ago, you know, Bryce was definitely in the lead. And then after he canceled his 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 the rest of his visits, 
And to your point, Jack, you said when you were sitting in the press conference and nobody's really talking about CJ Stroud, it really just kind of made everything apparent. And it's funny because not only were, were Will Levis and CJ Stroud in the building while this press conference was going on, they were having their visits at Bank of America Stadium while this was happening. I just thought that was funny that that was, you know, what all the discussion was about. But, you know, you're right. And they're, they're playing it off. You know, like they, they, they kept going both ways with it. They played it off like, you know, Federer was saying, you know, the decision hasn't been made yet. It's not going to be made till the end of the week. And like right now, all four guys are still on the table, which, I mean, I don't put any weight to that because then not only 20 minutes later, he's talking about meal plans and, you know, fitness plans that they've got ready to go for Bryce Young. And like, that's not something you do when you have your pick already in mind. That's something you put it together if you're sitting at two wondering if you're going to get him or not. If you're at one and you know who you're going to get, you're putting plans together preemptively for one of your options. That's the way it's going to go. Like that's, that's the way it's going to end up. And it's funny too, because I feel like when all this got started, you know, obviously first off the rhetoric for Panthers fans was all right, gamble on Richardson. Just dear God, don't get Levis. We're not going to get any of the other ones unless we do something crazy. Then we did something crazy and it was like right at the jump, everyone was like, all right, don't go Bryce Young. Don't go Bryce Young. Or don't go, you know, CJ Stroud. Get Bryce Young. Make it Bryce Young. Then the minute that flip switched to, all right, it looks like the lead is Bryce Young. Everyone was like, no, don't get Bryce Young. Go get CJ Stroud. It seems to me like it's these a lot of the fans just want to argue against whatever is going on. At, at this point, yeah. You know you know how it goes. Everybody gets their favorite by the end of the season. By by December, January, everybody has their favorite that they like. Um, from that point on, that's their guy they're gonna roll. They're gonna rock out with until the end of time. Uh, for I mean, for us, I think we've generally been about whoever's the best guy. That's who we go get. We had our preferences here and there. The only real reason we ever had against Bryce Young was about size, but. From everything we, we've heard and everything we've known about the kid, his processing is elite. His feel for the game is elite. A anything he does on the field is borderline elite. So, it, so there's really no question about his play on the field. We were we were mainly just mainly just worried about his size and stature and how he he how he hold up in the NFL game. But at at the end of the day, even we've known that this is the best quarterback available, no matter how you want to spice and dice it. Yeah, I think through all the smoke screens, you can definitely see exactly what you're talking about. You know, we keep talking about the intelligence piece. I mean, let's talk about coming, you know, coming into this thing day one, right? Who would you rather have at the helm? And to me, I think coming in, I think Bryce Young is going to give you that day one starter. Whereas CJ Stroud, he could probably start, but he's going to probably have some stutter steps when you get into the fold of the game in the season. I think from the intelligence point of view, Bryce Young comes in prepared. He has the tools in place. From high school to college, you've seen him rise to the occasion. Of course, his size is going to be the question. We're not going to get past that. Russell Wilson has never gotten past that. Drew Brees never got past that. But if he comes in and his intelligence supersedes the size, and he is who we think he is, then that immediate impact, not only to the team, but to the city, to the organization as a whole, you can't you can't put that on a 6'3 frame or a 5'10 frame. It is of the person and the man that he is. Yeah, and I don't want like, like I said, they don't come into that without with a plan of how they're going to continue to you know, uh, to increase his weight. And from what I from reports I've read, you know, Corral came in. He was at two oh five, I think, when we drafted him. And from some of the things I've seen, he's sitting at two twenty now. Now, of course, that's a full off season on the bench. You know, so that's not 
it's obviously difficult to gain that weight when you're having to put those blinders on it, but that's that's 15 pounds in the span of a year, and that's for a guy that they're not trying to expedite onto the field. It's just someone who, according to Fitterer, is still in role, is still in, in play there, and still able to compete. Now he did say he hadn't talked to uh, he hadn't talked to Corral directly, which isn't the best sign for the boy. But I mean, that, that could be neither here nor there thing. But Bryce is, and you can see Fitterer was upset about it too. He was tired of the ball, the balls, the batted down balls questions. He was tired of it. He, he got fiery with it, and I agree with him. Look at. Donald was getting his balls batted down when we were th- when you know his passes were getting batted down when he was up there because our line wasn't giving him the protection he needed. So you can say whatever you want about your height; it doesn't matter if the line ain't doing what it needs to do. That's where things are going to go wrong. I mean, heck, even Cam there at the end when his in his second stint was getting his passes batted down at the line of scrimmage when we were playing with our abysmal line that had no release. So, and Cam is the exact polar opposite. So you know that's where you don't need to worry about what all's going on in terms of the height there. So I think that's just something people are grasping at because it's a lot more to do with the, you know, it's a lot more to do with just the variability of both of the guys. You know, Shanti's are talking about the favorites people have. And I think the reason there's all this division is because it really could be just a 50-50 shot of which quarterback does better in the NFL at this point. Like you can keep looking at both. You can pick out all the like nitpick, all the little factors you want, but when it really boils down it, for me, it feels like there are like, there hasn't been two guys that are kind of just so on par as far as their potential in the last, you know, five, six years. It's, it's been so hard to make this decision. Yeah. See the last time we were in this spot, bro, it wasn't very hard. No, we, it was kind of clear cut. Like this is the this is the guy. You don't go anywhere else. You don't even think about going anywhere else. But this this is gonna be the guy. With these two, like you said, bro, there there's nothing that tells me that CJ Stroud can't be an elite pro at some point. At some point down the line. But there's a lot that's telling me right now. Bryce is ready to come out and start today and be my starting quarterback. And I don't think Carolina's in the mood for. While they're not in the mood to rush and to try to. Put money into a and put money into a guy that there's that already a franchise guy. They are ready to get a quarterback that can that can come out and play today. I feel like and they, and they don't really feel like they want to wait that long. I, I think you know what I, I like. Like Jason said earlier, Bryce Young's the guy that I know that as soon as we draft him, that's my starting quarterback. Stroud's yeah, no the guy way. that. I'm about to say, Stroud's got that still may need a little, little bit of development. I mean, I mean, if you have any questions about whether he can be that guy, then you go, you go where there's no questions to be asked. Like you go, you go with the guy that you feel the most comfortable with, the guy that you think can run a system before you, as soon as he, as soon as he steps onto the field. And again, Bryce Young has been touted to be that guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with him right now that he is the guy that I would, that I would want to have start from day one. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the tail of the tape, right? All of the negativity from Bryce Young has only been about his size. Now, when you start mm-hmm. talking about the C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, there were all these other things, these other attributes. You know, C.J. Stroud didn't score as high on the test. C.J. Stroud, even though he looked good and impressive in big games, he still has some mechanical flaws or whatever it may be. There was none of that chatter around Bryce Young. So the only thing is his size. And again, that goes back to what I just said. You know, we could talk about size all day. But the impact that he brings into that locker room, he's a leader. 
There's been no one that says he's not a leader. You talk about batted balls. Okay, it's going to happen. You got a 6'9 lineman. It's going to happen. Baker Baker Mayfield is taller than Bryce Young, and he got swatted every two downs. So I, I don't even right. want to have that conversation. That's just a part of the game, right? The bigger thing that I'm more worried about, and I made this comment with a friend of mine. We were having conversations around, you know, these next eight days, and it goes back to the other side of the corner of the durability. We've got to put pieces around Bryce Young to protect himself. Now, if you've read anything or you've heard anything about Bryce Young, he gets the ball out quick. He doesn't take big hits. He's he doesn't, you know, he's he 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 will throw the ball away when he's in trouble, and he makes those decisions quick, fast, and in a hurry. I mean, just like we were talking before we came on, you know, Luke Keekley and and look and reading what he posted around, I think it was two days ago. You know, in his conversations with Sports Illustrated, I think, you know, for me, Luke Keekley's read is what is is one of of what we're all saying. You know, size is one thing, but you cannot take away the intangibles of what this man brings to the game. You know, when Cam was up for the number one pick, there was nobody better than Cam in that draft. There was not even one that was even second to him in that draft. The man came into Auburn, took them all the way to the championship. You couldn't ask for anything else from Cam Newton. He had the body size. He had the attributes that you were looking for. And Bryce Young is the same. The only difference is he's about a foot smaller, almost a foot smaller than Cam. Outside of that, <laughs> we're not even having this discussion. If he was 6'5", this is not even a conversation we're having. Oh, not even, not even a discussion. Here's the thing, though. I do – there are still plenty of great things about C.J. Stroud that I, that I like as a prospect. And there's, and there's plenty of tape out there on C.J. Stroud that, t- that tells me that, oh, this guy can make elite throws. He, he, he can make NFL throws. I saw, you know – the George game was really the one game where we saw it all culminate, and he had to be a playmaker more more so than he had ever been at Ohio State. And you started to see, oh, he can fit this in between NFL windows. These guys aren't really open. He's make he's throwing them open, and and I, and again, it makes me it makes me feel comfortable about either one that we that we, that we would have to take. There's a team that's going to get a good quarterback. Two teams are going are going to get good quarterbacks. Whoever takes Bryce Young and Stroud, you're both getting good quarterbacks. But at this juncture. I don't. I don't know if I really see Houston taking the quarterback at this point. They seem to be all. I, I'm seeing Will the, the, the Leaves read uh, Will Anderson, and I can't say I disagree with them at taking Will Anderson at two. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the makeup of that team historically and the defenses that they have touted, and then you just look at the makeup of their coaching staff that's coming in this year. I mean, Demarco Ryan's or Demico Ryan's is you know putting it in that for that perspective. I would not be shocked at all. I mean, because to be completely honest, say, you know, we had the pick that we had or we kept, you know, somehow say we somehow got that on one pick and then decided, you know, what, let's switch things up and then get Lamar. For me, if we still had the number one pick, and we didn't trade it back. That's who I'd be picking right off the bat and have him across from Brian Burns. That's a front four that I would not want to see at any point in time during the season. But of course, that's all, you know, conjecture, because I think that's exactly what you're saying, though, Shantis, is that that's going to go that way. And I, like I said, because the big, it's like the two biggest hangups or two of the bigger hangups is obviously Bryce Young, the the size, and then for C.J. Stroud, as Jason has touted multiple times, there's a lot of distrust when it comes to and an Ohio State quarterback. But I think more emphasis needs to be put on what Shantese was talking about. Yes, it's a one game situation, but you saw how he played up to the talent of an SEC and a top SEC defense at that, one of the top in the last five years, and he made it work. He did what needed to be done. Of course, you can say, oh, it's one game. You know, that's a, a small sample size. But I think that that should be talked about a bit more to say that he can make those big plays 
when he needs to. And that's what brought me back to my original point of like, I don't have a favorite. I just want whoever's going to put us in the best position going forward. And the margin of error between the two guys, I feel like like five years from now, you could look at either one of them. Either one of them could have sparked way past what they're supposed to. The other one could have fallen a lot flat. But if I'm trying to like close my eyes and go, okay, in five years, everyone's going to say CJ Stroud was the one who was the bust. Or it was bright. Like I can't definitively say which one I think has a bigger likelihood of being, you know, a bust. And that's that's the scariest part for me is that there's just such a it's no, it's nobody else's fault. We're not at you know it's not whoever was left to us. It's all of our own design, which is good and bad at the same time. Yeah, but you yeah. look at it too. Uh, you look at it too. I I, I I agree with everything you both are saying. You know, I think I think one thing for me is, you know. Let's get off of our pick. We talked about our pick at nauseum, right? Now you look at the next three to four picks, right? So that means if you're saying Houston's not going to take C.J. Stroud or Bryce, let's say we, we draft Bryce, and they say Houston doesn't take C.J. Stroud, you, better, you, you, you very well know that the Arizona's not taking C.J. Stroud. So that means mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts are up to bat to draft C.J. Stroud, which then pushes everybody else down the pipeline. And that, whole, and that changes – that changes so much down the pipe that when we start looking at our pick, our for our second round pick, that window and that and that narrative is going to change quite tremendously based on that move. If for some reason Houston decides not to go CJ Stroud, yeah, God, y'all, a lot, a lot does change. I do. I don't think much changes for Vegas though. I don't know if they take Richardson even if he's available at seven or not. I think they may still go Levis. I mm. that's that's that, that, that that's why mm. I think I think I, I from what I've seen, no matter how we feel, bro. I don't I I haven't seen a lot of people put Richardson above Levis. I think that may be like a it may be more of a fan thing with, with Richardson because he still lacks a lot of development. But I mean, Levis to me hasn't even Levis to me even in the amount of years he's been he's been playing college football doesn't really come close to Stroud or Young. So it's like, I didn't see the, I never saw the allure in him because I didn't see him even being close at the top two, you know, but. um, But even if, but even if, let's just say for sake of argument, that happens the way we say it. If Tennessee ends up not taking him, Houston still has a chance to get him at 12. So it could be that, it could be that whole shift, right? Like you just talked about Shanti's. If they don't take him at two, they go for Anderson. That shifts everything down. Now, if Tennessee's really not bought in on Malik and they really want to bring in C.J. Stroud to overtake Malik and to push Tannehill out, that's another conversation we can have. But if they don't take him, then Houston can still get both of the men they want in those top two picks. And and that <laughs> makes it just all the more ridiculous is that there's just slew of – because then, like we said, even – and that's where it gets even crazier is that – I feel like in years past, even the like the top three, four quarterbacks, there are, you know, a set group of guys and they have all right, they like we never expected all four of those quarterbacks to go in the top five however many years ago. Like that was a that was a crazy circumstance in and of itself. But at least then you knew they all had the potential to at least go in the top ten. You didn't mm-hmm. pe- you know, you didn't peg one, two, three, and then four off the bat and now you know, they're the 49ers even looking to shop him off, which is just the craziest thing. But oh, even this one, like you get yeah. past one or two, and even three and four are still giant question marks as to what 
they're going to be able to produce in the NFL. And so that's where things get even more interesting because you have these teams that are, especially after us, like we're definitely the most quarterback like in need of a quarterback team out there right now. But then like you get to the Colts, the Raiders, you know, even you could throw in like the Titans and the Seahawks. They're in situations where like, yeah, they're like us last year, you know, like we need a quarterback, but is this the right time for us to get that guy? Are these the right quarterbacks for us to throw into that roster for the Titans, for the Colts, for the Raiders? Like, they're all kind of question marks, I think, for their teams as to whether or not these are the guys they want to hitch their wagons to. And it's different than doing so in the third round like we did with, you know, Matt Corral or the Titans did with Willis the year before. It's just odd scenarios all around. Shane Steichen is the head coach for the Colts now, right? Yep. 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 Oh, go get Anthony Richardson then. It will, if if is off the board. If Stroud's right. off the board, you go get Anthony Richardson right. at four. Right. I'll be right. honest. But here's the other thing I did. I, I, you know, I just looked at this again. There's no saying that Atlanta wouldn't go for CJ if he falls, right? Oh, so if he falls. See, that's, that's the thing. See, see Atlanta yeah, so now, could, they, 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 they could mess around and get him, um, you know, right there at, what is that, number eight. Right. So, right, right. So if the Indianapolis Colts say, you know what? We don't want to mess with CJ. They want to go a different route. Um, then you still got Anthony Richardson out there for Atlanta and so forth. And I mean, truth be told, if if Las Vegas really wants, um, really wants Will Levis, I don't think anybody's going to fault him for it. That fits to me with a Josh uh, Josh McDaniels sort of type of quarterback, a kind of guy he would want that has that panache, that has that kind of attitude, that cockiness that he would want to develop internally. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, again. Here's a here's here's another caveat. Let's let, let's play devil's advocate. What if we take CJ? Do you think that Houston takes Bryce? Yes. Yeah, I think they would. Okay, I'm, I'm just Bri- playing devil's Bryce, advocate. Yeah, Bryce is. I think Bryce is a little too good to pass up at two. I think you right you, right. Yeah, I feel like you put you agree. snag him at two. Yeah. I agree. Well, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't get past four. And that's the thing. Even oh, if they didn't, even no. if Houston didn't take him, he, he's not getting past four. Um, no. For, no. Arizona for Atlanta, would take though. him. Arizona would take him just to just to put pressure on Kyler. I guarantee it. I mean, I could. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. If they, if they if they have a way out of that contract, then I you know it wouldn't be the it wouldn't it wouldn't be the biggest surprise. If there's a way for them, I'm pretty sure there is a way for the guy that contract. I don't know the ins and outs of his, of his deal, but I'm more than positive. If there's a way for them to get out of that, they will be looking to find a way because right now he isn't worth the money he's getting paid. Because, see, Seattle and Detroit, you know, they could benefit from having a rookie backup to be in their situations, you know, for the future, but they're not going to spend their fifth and sixth you know, number five and number six on backups and future picks. You know, they're in positions, the Lions more, the Lions more so I'd say than the Seahawks, then they're in positions to take over their division by storm and kind of flip the script for things the way that the Lions went. So I don't think, I think, you know, if it makes it past, you know, Arizona, that's Arizona, I think is kind of the wild card. Even with that contract, I could see they're just such a, a, a dumpster fire of an organization at the moment. I don't know what, you know, they don't even know what they're doing. Like, and so I could see them making a wild card play and taking, you know, just screwing over the Colts and taking, you know, whatever quarterbacks up at that point in time. And I wouldn't, I'll knock on wood for karma's sake, but I wouldn't mind seeing something that ridiculous happen to the Colts. That'd be, that would just be funny to see their quarterback purgatory continue with someone screwing them over. But then, yeah, I mean, cause then you got Atlanta there sitting at eight. I mean, 
I've everything I've seen from them says that they like Desmond Ritter. Everything I've seen from them saying they're all in on the way that he's been, you know, he's he handled last year and he has kind of set himself up for this year, which is funny because out of all the quarterbacks drafted last year, that was not necessarily the one I thought that was going to pan off, you know, this the quickest. You know it's crazy? I liked Desmond Ritter last year over Matt Corral. Oh, I definitely liked him over Matt Corral. I just thought the yeah. situations that they were in and the way that things were going that, you know, it would be similar. Like they were neither would get a shot. I didn't think yeah. neither would get a, a legitimate chance at it. I mean, yeah, I I, I do agree, but um, I'm kind of hoping. I need I need the Colts to go. I, I kind of hope the Colts get their get their guy that they want because I, I don't want any quarterbacks on the board by the time Atlanta picks. At least not at least not the one that we like. No, I, not gonna have, well, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't want them to have. I don't want them to have their pick for CJ if CJ happens to drop no. there. I wouldn't want them to mm-hmm. have that at all. Because I'm not. I mean, again, could you imagine him being as bitter as he's gonna be? And then Bryce and Bryce and CJ battled it out two times a year. Yeah, no but one's it's, gonna. It's just the. It's just the fact that I like what Atlanta's Atlanta's done all offseason as far as what they put together. Like they put together a nice little group. Like free, yeah, they have. They got a nice little free agent class over there. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I want to see that. I don't, it started no, out I like, it started yeah. out like, eh, yeah, that's cute, that's fine. And then they started getting a couple other ones. And then last month, I'm like, all right, uh, hold on now, like, hold on, stop it. Shoot. We didn't, we didn't start this free agency battle with y'all in mind. Like, we were just, we were just trying to do our thing. Let us be happy. But the one wild card I could also see is the Titans. I think that they could make a play for that fifth or sixth pick. And like I said, whether you have the Seahawks and the Lions, because the Lions have a lot of draft capital this year. They have a lot of draft capital. I think they're pick, they pick 18 again, so I could see them swapping, going 11 for six if they feel like, you know, whoever they want at their best player available would still be there a few, you know, five picks later. I can see the Titans trading up, you know, jumping, leapfrogging over both the Raiders and the Falcons because I think the Seahawks are in a position where they kind of need to take whoever sits there at five. And five, the top five, like, that's too high to trade out of. Six is where... You could go from that six to eleven range, and I think you could still be fine, especially sitting with right. an eighteenth pick to have that security to know that we can pick, you know, twice in 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 the matter of twelve picks and get the guy we want. So I could see the Titans trying to make a play. Uh, I don't know what extra capital they would give up in terms of that, but I could definitely see them going. I I think if they were to trade up to six, it would be for Richardson or you know if. Or whoever you know, Indy lets up. Especially also considering the fact that if Indy were to draft C.J. Stroud, now they've got their guy, and if they're still not set on Ryan Tannehill, you know, for the future, and if they're looking at their, if they're looking at their league now, and you've got the Texans who just got their second, whoever they're gonna get, then you have the Jags who have Trevor Lawrence and is not even you know out of his rookie contract, and then you're gonna have another rookie quarterback coming into the fold. And the way that their things went last year, so I could see the Titans making that play too to hop into the into the top ten. Let's not let's not let's not be blind to the fact, even though Arthur Blank came out and made all his comments. I mean, the Ravens can make a play and and come and give them Lamar for that for that pick and you, try to move up for eleven, C- or to get. I mean, no, no, I mean to get to get CJ Stroud at eight. Like if CJ Stroud, like if CJ Stroud is sitting there at eight. And everybody's made their moves. Don't doubt, you know, they will come in at, at zero bottom 30 and say, look, we'll come and get you and we'll talk about that at guaranteed contract. You know, even though Arthur Blank made that comment, that's all smoke screens in my mind, right? Everybody's throwing smoke screens right. at this point. And not only that, 
what other position does Atlanta need outside of quarterback? That's just like so imperative for them to grab at number eight. That's like, what I would... is, is... the, the only thing. I could, me, the only thing I could think of, I could see them going for one more wide receiver. I could see, but eight right. is still pretty high. I mean, even for a guy like Zay Flowers yeah. or, or, or uh, what is it, Quentin Johnson, that's eight. It's eight's high. high. <laughs> Yeah, the, the only kid I see, the, the only kid I see going that high is Jackson Smith. Yeah, yeah I was I'm taking say, anybody well, that's why that's, that, that's the only kid I'm taking that high. But even that's still a stretch for him. I'm not even taking him until we get to like eleven to like 11, picks eleven through fifteen is where I'm looking for him to go at that point. I could I, if Houston were to go, I like say if Houston were to go quarterback at two, I could see them getting getting Jackson Smith at twelve. Now, I could also see them if they don't yes. – I could also see them going – I mean, Corderell is a good weapon to have, and he's definitely you know a nice notch on their belt in terms of having a Swiss Army knife. I could see them if he falls to that point in time because if I'm looking at the list right now, outside of maybe Seattle is the one person that could take him is B. John Robinson if he's sitting there. I could see – running back, I mean, they've got Tyler Algier and they've got Corderell, and that – worked pretty well for them last year but if they want a solidified rushing attack to pair with their rushing quarterback you know whoever they've got i could see them going after Bijan robinson like i said and if they don't and if, and if they don't i i mean i think philly's gonna get him no matter what i think that's a philly oh. pick all day to replace miles mm-hmm. sanders all day long makes makes sense makes the most sense i can see the rams, sure. can see the Ram, or, not the rams sorry uh, the lions going that way as well Lose, they just, oh, yeah. just lost Jamal Williams. They've still got, yep. you know, but they like that two-headed attack at running back. So I could see them making that play as well. But they've also, you know, because they're not going to make a cornerback play that early again. They're not going to do that to themselves. They just sh- shipped that guy off. So they're not going to do that to themselves again. I could see them putting some emphasis on on defense. But I, I, I was about to say though, I think cor- I think corner would be the way I would think for them to I would think for them to go. Considering I mean, Okuda was like what the third overall pick at one point. I know, but I feel like they yeah. got burned, and they just are gonna step step away from it. No, I don't mean you get out. I don't mean you step away from him. You gotta go back in there again and go find one. <laughs> like you, you can't. Like all right, so if you get burned at quarter, what you gonna do? Not take one if you get a top pick again? No, you better no. go back in there and find. Better go back in there and find another one. <laughs> there's plenty. Hey, and to be and to be fair to this cornerback class, there's plenty of corners in here mm-hmm. that I think can play yeah. for you immediate and play for you immediately. Um, whoever I, I don't know who's I don't know who's considered the top guy at corner, but I think would be Christian Gonzalez. I would imagine out of Oregon. Yeah, he, I was looking at it today. Not. Let's see, I was looking at it today, and I think, and I was doing because I was doing a couple of mock draft simulators, and so I was looking at it today. Let's see where who was who did they? And ESPN had their guy touted as what was it for cornerback? Let me look. Uh, hold on. Let's see. It was see, this is all this is all around too though. If we do what we think we're gonna do and get Bryce and we set the pace for the draft, I don't think it's gonna be on us. I think that's all gonna be dependent upon what the heck Houston decides oh, to yeah. do. If Houston yeah, moves Houston. away from if he, if Houston moves away from CJ, all bets are off at that point. And I, I think all Houston, bets off. And I think Houston's gonna do it, you know. They're going to do so strategically, knowing that they can, because they can control the basis of the top ten, and then still have the ability to then reset the pace of the rest of the first round at twelve. But think about right. this: even if, even if they don't get CJ, they can still probably get 
Anthony Richardson? Maybe. I mean, uh, at that point, I'll be fair. I'm not taking a quarterback as well at that point. If I didn't take one in a second, I, I hold off. Uh, let me start Davis Mills for another season and let me mm. see if I can jump into this Caleb Williams, Dre May sweepstakes. You know how they, I mean, and we know how this goes. Even though we we touted those two guys as the as the creme de la creme of their, their classes, something's gonna change. It is a long time before we before next April. You know what I'm saying? So a lot mm-hmm. can change. Guys will slip and fall, and other guys will rise to the cream of the crop. And and you may be, you may feel better about those guys than you do the ones that are in this current class. And honestly, I don't know if I want to get to quarterback. Three or, four, or three or four in this in this group, and had to take them to be my starter. Yeah, so I don't know. You, I mean, I, I don't think you have the. I don't even know if you haven't even had a coaching staff to even develop a guy like Richardson either. No, I don't think they do. I think at that point they're just going to wait and hold off for next year. I think they're you know I think they're going to sit and see how they they fare out next year because at this point, like I said, yeah, I mean and that's why I don't think they're gonna they're gonna let the two and twelve go. Like we could offer them one, and I don't think they would care to take it because it was never that big of an issue for them, and they know that we're not going to take who they want. So I that's why I don't think that they're going to like there's been the people talking to try to flip flop to get the two and twelve. They want that control over the draft the way they have it. They have the ability to, you know, to get two players, impactful players, right then and there, and and then from then on, it just changes the way things go. <clears throat> and then, like in doing those mock drafts and keep looking on, like I was doing a couple of them, and good lord, it shows how much more impactful that 39th pick is because after we pick at 39, we do not pick for a while, and anyone that like the guys that we're looking at at that point, like if. There, there definitely are the they'll, they'll be the best players available, and they'll be areas where we can have impact. But like from a lot of the mock drafts I've seen, almost every receiver outside of Hyatt is a reach at that point. Like they're they're slated for like the mid fifties. Like Campbell is slated for mid fifty. Washington would be falling to us at that point. I think Cam yeah. Smith was like mid fifties. Like every single person that would fit our like our needs list is sitting at like 40, 48 to like 55 in terms of their projection or their value in the big board. And so 39, whoever you get there, you're either getting lucky and having people fall to us, but then it's like, all right, do you take advantage of the guys that have fallen to us or do you jump ahead? Because the guys that you're going to want at either wide receiver, cornerback, or linebacker, they're not going to be there at 93. Other guys that are still talented will be there at 93, mm-hmm receivers i don't know about there is a pretty big class for it but it's like five guys and those five guys aren't you know not all there's not going to be one of those five left at 93 some of the linebackers like i've seen henry uh uh henry to o to o i've seen he's Mm -hmm. slated around that area and that could be your you know your filler at inside linebacker cornerback cam smith's not making it that far and he's rush to make it that far though huh darius rush can make it 93 seen darius rush go like a hundred and like he, oh, he well, well, I mean that would that wouldn't be that wouldn't be too much of a reach, huh? No, no, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking at 39 though. If it shifts the way we think we're going to shift, we're going offensive lineman or linebacker. I, I that's what I honestly believe at 39. The thing for me with offensive linemen is that I think it's only like if if we get CJ Stroud and like Luke Weipler is there for that guard center position has the built-in chemistry with him at, uh, from Ohio state or for Bryce Young, if it's, um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, 
but it's one or two of the, 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 you know, the guards, I think like for linemen in my, in my mind, I mean, obviously you can never have too many linemen, but at that point in time, I think it's more so the way you would go about getting it at that spot is if they have, if they're coming from Bama or Ohio state to match oh, of up course. with your, to of match course. up with the quarterback that you're getting. I think that's where, because it's not going to be Paris Johnson. That's not going to happen. You know, that that's out. He's not making it past the top 15. I don't think. Uh, and so you're not going to get him. So you're going to be another off Ohio state or another Alabama lineman. But that's really where I only think at 39, you get one like at 39. I think it's gotta be, like you said, linebacker, wide receiver, wide receiver. If Darnell falls that far, you kind of, I mean, eh, as that's where that 39 pick is so polarizing. Cause there's so many picks and impactful picks that 39 to 93 gap is so big. See, unless we trade up, unless we trade so up. The one thing I was, there's a couple teams like the Jets have 42 and 43. They have that. I think the Bears, funnily enough, have like 48 and like 60. And then I think there's another team like I, some some of the mock drafts I had seen, uh, you know, had going us like sending our one away for like a four and like a, a 25. And then you have four twenty five thirty nine, and thinking that you know the Kyler that the Cardinals aren't you know the Cardinals and the, and the Texans aren't going to take you know both quarterbacks off the board, so you bump down to four with the Colts, and then the Colts take whoever they're going to take at the top, and then you hope for C.J. Stroud you know at four. That's some to give you more depth inside that inside the field. But what you know the big one of the bigger things that they talked that Federer talked about in this presser was that. They've set up this free agent, the first free agency period. They did so in a way that allows them to take the best player available at the picks they have so as to not move around in the draft. And then after the draft is done in the second wave of free agency, they continue to, to fill in the pieces where they couldn't in the draft. I'll be honest. I don't want to make any draft trades. I'll be fair. Because I don't want to move off of one. I want the quarterback that we I, I want the guy that we want. No. I don't want the second option. I don't, I don't, think, don't, we're, I don't, th- I don't think we're moving. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're moving either. But um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm cool with just, I'm cool with just taking who we, who we take at our spots and just living with the result. I mean, because really, the, the draft is a crapshoot anyway. I mean, yeah, I really some think, guys are going to miss. I think our sweet spot this year is going to be round four. We got two picks, not that far off from each other. Um, one fourteen and one twenty three, I think. Yeah, so we're gonna be in a good spot. I think. I think you know. This, of course, the 39th pick is gonna be a key pick for us, right? Because we have that big, that big window, right? right? But outside of that, the sweet spot for us is gonna be in the fourth round, where we can pick up a couple of good picks at 114. I like and to your point, Jack. I think you said it. Um, it's actually 132. Oh, it's 132. And then, okay. Yeah, and, 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 and then, then, then we turn around. Yeah, then we turn around at 145. Yeah. So that 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 fourth to fifth round slots. We're going to be able to fill in. So to your point, Jack, you may be right on the point of linebacker or wide receiver. And then in those later rounds, being able to pick up some of these other linemen that may be at a Penn State or, you know, something like that that we can bring into the fold to help us build out that lineman depth that we always clamor for, whatever that may look like. Um, but, yeah, the 39 pick is going to be an anomaly. It's honestly going to be dictated by whatever the Texans do. Yeah. And- at two. And and I think that's where like the third pick or that that fourth round pick, you know, that one fourteen, like that. So the obviously 
you know, the first pick we have and then the 39th pick are going to both have impacts. And it's tough because if you like, there will be like the, the worst case scenario, the worst and best case scenarios you're going to have, like we talked about last week, Shanties, you're going to have, cause they've said they've liked, you know, going through it, they've said they've liked Cedric Tillman and they've liked, um, buddy out of Ole Miss, uh, um, uh, Jonathan Mingo. Yeah. Jonathan Mingo. I've seen a lot more about them than I've seen about Hyatt. Uh, and you're going to have more than likely, if not all three, two out of those three are going to be on the board still at 39. You might get mm-hmm. lucky and have Darnell Washington fall back to that point. And you're more than likely going to have, you know, Cam Smith and, and Jack Campbell, guys like that sitting there at that point. So then that's where like you do whatever you want there. And there's going to be guys that like we said at 93, that 93rd pick is going to be tough too, because like, Again, if we don't come out of that, if the 39th pick, you know, we go, say, offensively, you've got to think, okay, that 93 pick needs to be either – you're taking a gamble there too because 93 to 114 isn't a far gap, but the window of opportunity and the window of talent in between those to have an actual impact mm-hmm. is going to be – That's that window gets even tighter from 93 to 114. Uh, you know, hopefully – I guess the biggest hope has to be that we like Brandon Smith on our roster right now and that he develops. And if he develops that linebacker, then we don't, then there's not necessarily a, a need to to take a guy at 39, which I don't think we'd be taking a linebacker at 39 anyway. Now that, now that I had a week to reflect uh, upon our last conversation, I'm like, eh, don't think we'd be taking a, a, a linebacker right there. 93, I'm like, well, if there's a cornerback available that can help us, I feel like we'll probably go corner. If depending on who, depending on who's there, because I mean, in my mind, if even if Rush isn't slated to go in to go into the triple digits in terms in terms of overall picks, fam, I still like Darius Rush more than I like Keith Taylor. I still like Darius Rush more than I'm in love with CJ with having CJ Henderson be in my starting lineup. I'd much rather move Dante Jackson to to the slot and have and just and just go from there. But we haven't seen him want to make that move since he, since he's been drafted at this point. So I, I don't I don't know how they feel about that either. Um, but considering that, you know, Jackson won't be available. He's going to be on, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be on, he's going to be on the pup list for the first few months of the season. I, I, I would imagine. So we do, we I mean, look, yes, say what you want to the defense, the, the defense wasn't as bad with Dante Jackson in there as it was with, with the other two. So I can live with the fact that, you know, yeah, he may get, yeah, he may somehow magically fall when we need him to cut on an out route. But I mean, he also ain't giving up, you know, fifty yard bombs to Mike Evans. Rashantis, you know, you know me, you know me. I'm sitting there, I'm playing devil's advocate when it comes to that. I, when you said he's starting off on the pup list, you already know what my face was gonna look like when you said that, right? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a mystery. It wasn't a mystery for me. But no, I agree. I mean, let's 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 let's, let's keep it a whole a whole buck and be transparent about it. You know, as much flack as I give Dante Jackson, you know, he does plug and play for us. He does create an issue where not too many quarterbacks really want to throw to his side. They will test him. And if they burn him a couple of times, they will eat him up in the afternoon. But for the most part, you know, they kind of shy away from him. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too discouraged by that. Um, You know, that's a, that's a place where I think this season we really need to shore that up and solidify ourselves in that space. Um, I think we've made some good moves to kind of move Chen around and get him a better, a better look. J.C. Horn, Lord knows, I hope he stays healthy all year this year. Um, you know, those are the big things that I really want to see change. 
Dante Jackson, you know, come back. Hopefully you you will come back and, and really be ready to play and not and not be that guy that I'm always picking on because you talk so much, but I don't see the product on the field as much. And that's that's my issue with him. That's my only issue with him. Is that if you're gonna talk that talk like you were Dion, Neon Dion, then buddy, you gotta put that work out there that we see you a know. Neon Dion, right? That's my yeah, only problem with him. So and it's funny that we talk about like we we like obviously with our uh, you know exposure we talk about Cam Smith and Darius Rush you know a bunch and obviously Darius Rush wasn't going to be there but Cam Smith wasn't you know someone that they slated in their top thirty visits whichever one they you know they slated to want to do but Shantice for you if it came down to it you know ninety three or thirty nine he's there we know that Darius Rush is going to be there at ninety three and he's probably going to be there at one fourteen the level what is the drop off big enough to where you can go all right. You know, we need to get Cam now, or is it this? Uh, is there an ability to go? Okay, we can we can wait for Rush. The thing I loved about Cam Rush, not Cam Rush, but the thing I loved about Cam Smith at Carolina was he is your de facto number one type of corner. He is the guy that you want to have follow the best receiver. We saw what he did against Jalen Hyatt; had no issues Mm-mm. locking that lock, lock, locking that man up. You feel me? So, so you know he's that type of caliber of corner. And if he were to fall to thirty nine, it, it, it's you look at it, you say like, dang, I can have a JC, I can have a Cam Smith locking down my locking down locking down the outside for any for any receiving core that I face this year. Knowing how imperative it is that you have corners to, that can that, that be that, that are able to do that. Knowing that, all right, we're gonna move Chen around some. He's gonna be more around the ball than he's ever been, probably since his rookie season. You like the idea of Louvre and all those catches, being able to have a free for all at the quarterback. I mean, it opens up a lot for you if you have a Cam Smith. The diff, the set is the separation between him and Rush significant enough. I think there's, a, I think it's enough for me. I, I, I think that Rush can develop into a solid, a, a, a solid number two corner. I think Cam Smith off the, off the cuff can go in there and compete against your number one receivers and give you good production from from his rookie season throughout the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, you like him. I also like, I mean, I'm also on the bandwagon of the defensive end piece too, right? Like we talked about that too. Like we need another edge rusher. I'm liking Nolan Smith out of Georgia. You know what I mean? If Nolan yeah. Smith is sitting there for us, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't mind having him to, uh, you know, help Burns be able to be that little bit more mobile across the line maybe stand up some to help out in that linebacker course. We have to get there too. So, you know, we're not just, we keep talking about linebacker and, and, and cornerbacks, but that yeah. defensive end piece is another piece that I, I wouldn't mind us picking up at that 39th. And if not, if we can, we can get in the fourth round and maybe have a couple of those top, you know, mid tier prospects there. I don't see us not, you know, like I said, that 114, 132, uh, um, one, whatever the other, or 145, those three, um, you know, we may have a chance to even do something there too, as well. So if we'll look if at forgot, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. There you go. Uh, but I said, but God, Nolan Smith is dropping the thirty-nine with the speed he had coming off the edge and what he did at his pro day, and obviously what he did on the field. That's hard to pass up considering the lack of production we had from other guys outside of Brian Burns last year. I mean, it was Brian Burns and Frankie Louvu. After that, it was very slim pickings to figure out mm-hmm. who could be the guy that can get to the quarterback. So. Passing up on, uh, you know, having a having a guy there available that can help you do the most important thing in, the, in football, which is get the quarterback on the ground. That's hard to pass up, considering that receivers and other positions are kind of replaceable in terms. Of, I mean, we just traded our number one receiver to get the number one pick. So yeah. that tells you how what, what what the value at receiver is. It can be replaced 
if you have the system to be to be able to do so. Very, if you have the ability to do so, we've seen it not work out for teams. <laughs> I.e., the, the teams in the in the two tone blue replacing one wide receiver for the <laughs> other, then they go from a playoff contender each year to now scraping the bottom of the barrel. The biggest word here is if. That's the biggest, I would say if in hindsight 2020, <laughs> I will tell you right off the bat, and I'll be the first to say that this is a short-sighted view of the situation in its entirety. <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, if and if we go for an edge at 39 and pass up on, an, on a guy who explodes like A.J. Brown at wide receiver and we get an edge rusher like Yatur again and we pass up on a guy to get an edge rusher again, there will be words. Scott Fitter and I will, well, have, will have words. Well, Jack, I will Man. tell you, I know that – a Nolan Smith is not a Yator. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb to say that he's not a Yator Matos. Well, I, I'm just I believe you on that one. So we'll go to the 30, the, the 21 out of 30 reported Panthers prospects visits in that top 30. The four quarterbacks, of course. Running back, interesting enough, was Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Uh, for wide receiver, you had Xavier Gibson, you had uh, Jones, you had Jonathan Mingo, you had Jackson Smith, and you had uh, and Dave, uh, I, Demario Davis. I can't remember his name. I don't think that's right, though. Um, then tight end, you had Sam Laporta and you had, um, Darnell Washington. Then you had a few, you had three O linemen. You had, uh, for edge rushers, you had Iku Leota and BJ mm. Ojliari. Mm-hmm. Then line, mm-hmm. they had four linebackers, which I like to see Derek Hall, Diane Henley, Nick Herbig and bumper pool, which is just a fantastic name. There's another like Charleston Rambo there for you. <laughs> and then, Cornerbacks, yeah, Julius Brents and Joey Porter. And now I will uh, recant my uh, one statement. Uh, they had local visits that didn't count as a 30, one of those being Darius Rush. And then Nick uh, Saldaveri and Chandler Zavala, both offensive linemen. So they did talk to Rush. But uh, okay. I asked Fitter at the press conference on Tuesday who out of any of those visits surprised him or, you know, uh, was a pleasant surprise. And he. Of course, couldn't say he didn't. He said he didn't want to name names because, and he and I quote, you know, then word gets out and people take it however they will. But he said there was a wide receiver that personally he seemed to really like as a person. I don't know how much you carry that into where they would take him, but you talk about it, Shantice. You know, they're giving up their number their number one wide receiver to get to this pick. They've got a rookie quarterback coming in. Uh, Jackson Jackson Smith and Mingo are guys that are going to be gone you know, at least one of those is going to be gone by 39. Mingo could be around. The other guys, though, Gibson, Jones, and Davis, they'll be there, and they could be there for that 93rd pick, too. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went offense, defense, offense, or full offense, depending on where Darnell falls. To me, again, them getting another a receiver in the same class as their quarterback wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, like I said, like either way we go, there's there's a myriad of different options we can take. They all make sense because one, a couple of them fill certain needs. One of them is just it's just what you want to do for your quarterback. I mean, when, when you when, when you're taking the quarterback number one overall, it he does dictate where you how you want to go about doing things throughout the rest of your throughout the rest of your draft. So if you went one if you went quarterback and then went receiver at 39, I can't be upset about that because I mean, why not give him a guy that he gets to work with from the time he steps onto the field as a pro to the time that maybe you know maybe his first contract is over with. So yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm not surprised at, I'm not surprised in the slightest. I don't know if there's I think what maybe the biggest surprise is who they like at 39 at receiver. 
may be the biggest surprise. It may like, it, it, you, it not being like a Downs or a Hyatt. Who guys? I mean, I think those guys may be slated to go earlier. But if it's not being one of those guys that we talked about a bevy this off season, I can see that being the question mark. You know, for for fans. Yeah, but you really won't know that again until that second pick happens, right? Because that's going to dictate the way everything else falls. Because everything shifts after Texas make that make that number two pick. And 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 if you're saying Will Anderson. I mean, that shifts, I mean, that shifts a lot. And a lot of things open up in those later picks, right? So, you know, and, and then you may even see some trade-ups at that point, right? You'd be surprised at who may throw some bags out there or some players out there to move around and get extra picks in because they like a player that they know won't be there at 39 or after 39, if I, I must say. So um, it's going to be interesting, guys. I mean, we got we got legitimately eight days. And a week from tomorrow night, I'll be sitting with a cold one. On my text message with y'all going, all right, here we go. Suit up. We about to go in. I'll be sitting on the sideline at Bank of America Stadium pondering all my life decisions to get to that point and wondering what the future holds for the rest of the time that we have here for this team. Because at that point, good, I'll be ready for a ride to break out. Honestly, man, I, I'm I'm gonna be up for. I mean, what time? What time does the draft start? Like coverage seven seven thirty, right? Yeah. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll draft it like probably eight fifteen. Okay, I, I, yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna wake up at eight o'clock. Once eight fifteen hits, and we made that first pick and going back to bed. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember last year. I remember last year we made the pick for Icky, and I was so excited. I called Shantis. He was asleep. He didn't know what had happened. No, was like, I, was, I, like, I, knew, I knew what we were trying to do. I'm like, all right, well, if Icky falls, all right, I know we're taking an offensive lineman. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, remember, I remember. I was like, you weren't awake. He's like, it was only going to fall one of two ways. And I was fine with I either. Mean, it, just, you were like, if, again, if it went it was, way, I wanted to go, I wanted to be asleep for that. Man, look, yeah. honestly, bro, it wasn't one of those things where, like, offensive lineman picks, I'm going to be honest with you, love Icky to death, right? Offensive lineman picks, bro, you're not you're not getting me up for that one. Receive, now, now, now quarterbacks, that's my, hey, look. I'm all up. I, I'm all in. I mean, if you're not, not, if you're not up for if you're not up for a number one pick, we got to have a conversation, Shantice, off camera. That's right. I, 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 oh, no, that's absolutely fast. But number six doesn't move me. I'm sorry. I can't, considering I can't. The last, <laughs> considering <laughs> last number one was at least there. That was close to curfew for the both of us. The last time we had the number one pick, so I think that makes it a different yeah. feel. Nah, that's nice. But I feel like well, last time they did number one. Last time we had the number one pick, I think they did the first two rounds on day one. I think so because I think that was right after the uh, because that was the year after the lockout, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And so they were like trying to get everything together, trying to expedite things and make sure people were actually going to watch again. But either way, oh, eight days, eight days, and it is just going to be a whole. Di- all, it's all like we said. It's all culminated to this from pretty much the moment Jerry sold the team. It is it is gone this way. Like it's pretty much all been building to this now. And not to overhype it, but it's just it's exciting to see what's gonna go down. It's exciting to see, you know, once the jerseys start rolling in, he's gonna be sitting there. I mean, we haven't had this, you know, we haven't been in this position in, in, in a decade. And it's just exciting. It's always exciting no matter what the situations are. And it's gonna be like Christmas morning, which means it's gonna take forever. That day is gonna be so long. It's going to be such a long day. It's such a long week. It's been such a long. I feel like we made this the pick, the trade for the number one pick like three months ago, four or five months ago, <laughs> like a year ago at this point with how long it's been since it's happened. And I honestly wish they would have waited. I kind of honestly wish they would have waited till draft day 
made the deal and then like no they were gonna do it the whole time and then make the deal like then and there and so then it wouldn't it would have been like you know a shot of just adrenaline right off the bat no i need to cope with that because <laughs> i i i remember not being the happiest camper yeah <laughs> no, I no i mean that was promotions i mean i don't know if you remember the text chain right after that went down and how me and shantice went ham for like 15 minutes straight and i was at work and it was crazy no, I, was, I was like i can't remember. I, was, I can't it, it was not a it was not a a pretty sight in in the beginning. I was indeed upset, so I can't necessarily say I wanted to see that happen like immediately in front of my face, and then have to deal with oh taking a quarterback right after that. I'm like I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, that would have been. I can't even be happy for that man. I think we we would have broken Twitter at that point. I think that would have been yeah that would have been the final nail in the coffin. But of course, and it's gonna. It's going to damn near break anyway, whenever the pick ends up finally happening, no matter what goes down. There's going to be about a million and one tweets coming just from this tiny area of Charlotte all alone. And that's probably even putting it gently. But of course, until then, we got to keep waiting and keep pounding.